So let's move into our conversation uh, on presentation of doctrine or theology. And uh, you've been LDS five years now, but you're a very smart man. And uh, so I think you have a good grasp on, uh, I'm sure, most LDS doctrine. Just to let you guys know at home, I'm not going to go much into LDS history. I'm not going to be citing the prophets. Uh, And the reason being, I I haven't been LDS for 20 years. And you guys know I did seven years talking about Mormonism, having come out of that. But uh, I think there, there needs to come a time when we let people talk about what their faith means today and not what it was taught back in 1840 or whatever the, the, the thing is. So my purpose is to present these topics to you, and I sincerely want to know, um, and, and I trust you would do this, uh, Kwaku, I sincerely want to know your belief on them. Mm-hmm. I can get, and I know what the, the status quo is on doctrine with Mormonism pretty well, uh, but uh, you're an active, apologetical sort of LDS member. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so uh, I just wonder if the mindset has changed on some things. And, and, and if it hasn't, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I invite you to uh, be as honest with us as you were with, uh, I, I hope you won't cut any corners. I hope mm-hmm. you'll, and if you don't believe something, you'll, and if you believe something, you'll say it. And if you say, I believe this and this and this, and you believe it, that's fine. I'm not going to challenge that at all. I do realize that you don't speak for the LDS church. Yes. So yeah. we got to make that clear. You know, yeah. He's not an official representative. No. Um, but you do defend it. You have defended it publicly. Yes. Yeah. And so it's my hope that those, uh, your stances and views would be concurrent with uh, the stances and views of any LDS temple recommend holding member. And yes. are you a temple? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. I'm, I'm orthodox mainstream. I'm not a, like a, I'm not a progressive Mormon. Right. I'm not really a Desnat. I'm orthodox Thank you. I, you know, and you know, um, when we used to do the show and we had live calls, uh, I used to lose my stuff when people would call and pretend uh, that their faith was something different than what it is from the Orthodox perspective. Well, we don't do that. We don't believe that. We don't think that. And I don't care what anyone thinks, uh, believes. That is our right. Yes. But when people will not stand up and say it's what we believe, and this is why, that sort of bugged me back then. I've gotten over it now. So I appreciate that. Um, I, if I ask questions, it would be help to, cl- to clarify. Yes. And also um, to share what I have come to believe as a former Mormon and a former evangelical uh, who remains sold out uh, to Christianity uh, my responses. So what we'll do is we'll give a topic. You'll launch it out with what your view is of that. And then I'll give my view back. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that you want to clarify or I want to clarify, uh, we'll do it. And then we'll just move on to the next topic. And okay. just for those people at, at home, here are the topics. Uh, on, ontology or makeup of God, premortal existence, the creation, the fall, the gospel being known from the beginning of, of Adam on down through the pro- prophets' generations. The flood and the ark, prophets, temples and temple worship. And then there's a, there's a prophecies that are in the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. And uh, Kwaku may not be completely familiar with all these things. We'll see. And then in the nether- next segment, we're going to go virgin birth, 
the topic of original sin, ontology of Christ, water baptism, atonement, garden or cross, resurrection, apostles falling away, eschatology or end times, and soteriology. And if we have time and if he has the energy and desire, we have a third part, but it's more um, just kind of the questions people want to know, and it's, it's not as uh, heavy as that. So let's start off with um, the ontology or makeup of God, and we'll get to the makeup of Jesus in, in the next part. Okay. Fire away, brother. Um, so God the Father we're speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that God the Father is a man, that he has a body of flesh and bones. Um, uh, everything I believe in about God comes from the restoration. So I, I think sometimes it may be an unhelpful to say, we, I believe in this because it says right here in the Bible. I believe the Bible supports the doctrines of the restoration, but I'm listening to what I believe is the most current word of God, and it can be justified with um, ancient scripture, even apocryphal scripture sometimes, right? Okay. I believe that he's a body of flesh and bone. Um, I believe that he is, of course, exalted. So, you know, he definitely doesn't look like us, right? He's not an earthly human. He's, he's perfected. But I do believe when we die, we'll see him. That, you know, I'm talking about the God who is walking around in the Garden of Eden, who's talking to Moses and talking to Jacob. Um, so I believe that he lives in a place as well. Um, and I believe that when we, or when we die, and God willing, we can be with him in the celestial kingdom, we will be like him. Okay. Um, let me ask you, um, as follow-up questions for clarification, when you said you believe he lives in a place, um, are you familiar? I don't know. It might have been way before your time. Or the Vonderkonk, uh It's a weird name. Vonderkonk. He was LDS. But uh, about materialism and Mormonism being the ultimate materialist religion, simply because uh, God has always existed. He's a material man first. He had mm-hmm. a father, and and so whatever is real has to be material in Mormonism, and whatever is false is immaterial there's no in fact joseph mm. taught there's no such thing as immaterial materialism there's no such yeah. thing so when you said he has a place where he lives mm-hmm. you're that that harkens to the idea of the uh, material focus of god that he yes. is an actual material being flesh and bone not blood correct uh i you maybe don't know. I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah. and he is in a place that you actually will go and see him and communicate with him. Yes, and I, that's really important that I believe he's a man, that he's, he's physically there. Um, the, the thing that I would agree about, about that we are materialists, I don't think immaterial is... I believe it, it exists only in reaction to material. Okay. So I don't believe that an immaterial can exist first because everything that's immaterial is more or less an idea or a concept, okay. um, which, is, which are just things that are expressed by material beings. I see. So I'm not saying immaterial doesn't exist because, of course, our thoughts exist. Of course, hope and love, of mm-hmm. course, those things exist. You can't prove them. Right. You know, there's no, I mean, there's no real, technically, there's no proof of hope. Right. But, but they do exist, but it comes from material first. Okay. Um, so my thoughts are, my, I, I, I say my Christianity because 
uh, my Christianity is um, me reading the Bible on my own and uh, by the Spirit, I hope, and through the study of the original language and then looking at context, coming up with what I believe the Bible says. And it does not concur with evangelicalism in, in most ways. Some ways, but not many ways. And so uh, I reject uh, many of the things, uh, which is similar to the LDS tradition of them being created by a creedal, uh, uh, creedal decree over the course by men, and that has been passed down. And today, most Christians blindly or uh, regurgitate stuff that they have been told without really, really looking into what the Bible actually says about it. So, uh, but my view of God is summarized, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read five passages, and, and just to summarize it. Malachi 2.10 says, Have we all not one Father? You're probably going to agree with most of these. Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? John 8.41, Jesus says to the Pharisee, You do the deeds of your father, and then said they to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Uh, Paul says in Romans fifteen six that ye may be of one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then 1 Corinthians 8, 6, which is a slam dunk to me in terms of the Trinity, which I don't support, which says, but to us, there is but one God, the father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, and by whom are all things, and we by him. So, uh, and then finally, Ephesians 4, 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. So the only place I differ with you, actually, is uh, in terms of the makeup of God the Father, who uh, mm -hmm. Heavenly Father to you, God the Father to me, is I believe that he is spirit. Jesus said he's spirit. You worship him in spirit and truth. You have embraced, and I'm glad you said that, that you embrace the restorationist view of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. So I want our audience to know he's being honest with us. That is, that is what Mormonism teaches. It's the restorationist view. They believe that these truths were lost from the traditions of, of men, were removed perhaps from Scripture, and that Joseph Smith restored uh, what uh, Kwaku's version of, uh, of God is. Yes. And so uh, he agrees. I agree. We've anything else. And I know we're cutting very, rather quickly, but uh, relative uh, to God, people will probably comment or ask, don't I believe God was a man before? Right. Mm. I feel like if I don't address that, then someone's going to um, I, I do. Uh -huh. um, now, you'll, you'll find some Latter day Saints don't really adhere to that. They sort of leave that up to I'm not sure where God came from, but um, traditionally, many Latter day Saints have thought God comes from was created by God. I do believe he was. Um, and I know uh, a reasonable and common objection is if, if God was created by another God, well, I want to worship whoever that God is, right? Um, and I understand that's a very reasonable thought. To me, it's sort of like, you know, you, you don't thank your grandfather for what your father gave you. Mm. And the fact that God has a God doesn't make him less powerful, doesn't make him not our father it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve any praise for for creating our life for giving us paths for blessing us for sending a savior and also just really quickly i believe that if 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 our god was the the grand creator of all things saw everything coming made everything happen caused all things to happen that would make him the the father and god of good but also bad as well sure 
And if, if the way that God is not the author of sin or the, the, someone who saw a perversion of that good, which was sin, and still said, let's do it anyway, um, if, if he's not the author of that because he had a God before him mm. and there is an eternal law he's operating under mm. and he's really the organizer and expressor of good mm. to fight against evil mm. that was there essentially before him, I'm okay with that because then I don't feel like I may be worshiping the Satan of another religion. I'm worshiping a, a God that's good. So that's a major part of your justification for uh, supporting the idea that God has an eternal regression of gods as a father, as a father, as a father, as a father. Um, uh, and therefore, there really is no beginning. So therefore, there is no one to lay the onus of a sin upon. And, yes, and, yeah. and so that's how you're able to say, I can worship this God mm -hmm. because he didn't author this horrible things. He just inherited this situation and he's trying to do good in it. Is yes, that that's, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, essentially. Deep, deep, but yeah, that's yeah. essentially fair to say. Okay, and, uh, but d d you uh, receive the idea that God uh, has a father, had a father, has a father uh, from the LDS church. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because some people will say, that's not our teaching. I'm just glad that you, someone will honestly say, mm -hmm. and you know. And I've sat in BYU religion classes and professors have been like, yeah, this is what. Um, jo uh, 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 Lorenzo Snow taught, Joseph sure. Smith taught. I, I don't think it's too controversial. Yeah. It may be something a little more in the weeds people don't normally get into, but, right. but you know, I'm, people are going to ask, so let's, I'll just be honest with you. I like that you represent this kind of younger kind of, let's be open with this stuff and talk about it and not be afraid. I mean, that's really important, man, because well, we won't go into that. <laughs> Premortal existence. Yes. Okay. Um, Fire away. Premortal existence. So, I believe that we were all, we're, we're all. I believe you and I are brothers. Um, I know that sometimes in the religious world, people only call. I each don't other. have black men tell me I'm a brother. So okay, great. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I believe that we're we're brothers. Um, in the religious sense, sometimes people only call each other brothers in the same faith. Um, I believe that in the covenant of Christ, when you become one of, you know, when you become one of His, then you're brothers in that way. But by human nature, I believe everyone is a son of God or daughter of God. Um, and I believe we all lived in heaven before. I believe there is this uh, council um, called a grand council, heavenly council, divine council, whatever you want to call it. And there was heavenly father's plan of you are the spirits I've created. Um, and I want you as my children to become like me. I want you to have the power I have. I want you the children of God to grow up to become the sons and daughters of God um, and become gods. And like I ex explained in the last video, the only way we could be with perfection is if a victory was taken for us. Okay. Um, the only way we could become perfect is if that, that medal was given to all of us. Even though we didn't really earn it, mm. it's given to us. And because of that, we, we can become gods. So um, another plan was presented by Lucifer, who is another spirit child of God. Um, and Lucifer wanted all of the glory to himself to replace the Father. We don't know everything about it, but when Jesus says that he was a liar from the beginning, I think it's fair to say. So I, I can't tell you everything about both plans, mm -hmm. but whatever it was, Lucifer was lying. He was, he was deceiving, and he was trying to bring about evil. Um, and he was cast out. A third of... of of the children went with him and they are his angels, his followers. He's no longer in the human family. Lucifer became the devil. Um, and so, so, um, 
you know, I, I, I think people ask me a lot is, don't you guys believe Jesus and Satan are brothers? Well, at one point, mm-hmm. they're no, they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Lucifer was, is a fallen angel, and I, I believe that's Christian doctrine as well. Lucifer, some Satan say, a, some say we don't know, but yeah, okay, say, yeah. Um, it's not unique to LDS that no. Lucifer was at one point an angel. No. So um, we came to this earth, and we had that premortal existence. We came to this earth. This is a, it's a test. It's a trial. We go through the motions. We, we, we discern good from bad. We take the knowledge we have with us, that grace, that atonement is put on us. Then, because of that, we can become gods in the next life. So it starts premortal, starts here, ends here too. Progress is important. Yes, very, very important. So, uh, on the premortal existence, God creating the spirit, do you dabble at all in the idea of uh, intelligences like the Prologue Price Doctrine? Uh, uh, and that through his, he and his relations with his wives mm-hmm. produce spirit children or no? Are you, are you into um, that? Are you into that? <laughs> uh, uh, you know. I, I'm not. I'm not too into the, the, that. Um, yes. I know that's that's a couple of a couple of theories that are put out there. Um, they fall under theory, though, in your estimation. I put them under theory. I think even leaders of the church, prophets, can have theories, right? Especially after the restoration. Mm-hmm. So that's when I that's when I give Brother Brigham a pass. I give him a break because all this doctrine's just been restored. Brigham is not the prophet of the restoration, neither is John Taylor, not, right? So they're trying to understand what do we do with this revealed information. And, and some theories are put out there mm-hmm. that are later going, ah, wasn't it? That's all right with me. And um, uh, I put the wives in that category. Got it. Um, I do not imagine God with a lot of wives. I just, I just don't, you know. Uh, and by the way, just to let you know, what uh, Kwaku is referring to is when he says Brigham Young wasn't the prophet of the Restoration. That's why Joseph Smith was called the prophet, with a, like a capital T, capital P, of the Restoration, because he's the one who restored all the things according to the LDS faith back to the earth that were lost over time through yeah. uh, everything else. Brigham Young is a prophet of the Restoration, but a not prophet, the prophet of but the not Restoration. The. Um, I do think that there's some theological room for a pre-existence uh, in the sense that, like it says in the Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee, uh, and before you came out, I sanctified thee as a prophet. However, when it comes to our person, your personality, our souls, mind, will, and emotion, I side with, I side with uh, the biblical account, which says God formed Adam out of the clay. He breathed Numa into the Sarks, and Adam became a living soul, mind, will, and emotion from the Greek. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, where uh, the LDS uh, uh, brothers and sisters will say, well, we had a pre-existent state. In my estimation, the Bible teaches that he, his breath, it launched the human race. And then through Adam and Eve, and having children, and so on and so forth, that breath continues on through the human race. Um, I also stand with Kwaku, uh, John 3.13, and I cite scriptures. It's the only place that I can get something I stand on. It's not to debate with you. Yeah, it's just yeah. that's where I get it from. And, he, and Jesus said, no man uh, has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man. And then, um, so, and then one final thing when it comes to being children of God. Uh, it, remind me, I think you said this. You believe we are born children of God and with the hopes of becoming sons and daughters. Is that how you put it? 
Uh, yeah, well, yes, we're, we're the human race is all children of God, but not all children of Christ. Okay. So I don't believe that everyone's a child of Christ, but they're all children of the Father. I see, all yeah. children of the Father. So um, the Christian uh, or biblical view, I should say, John one twelve, talking about Jesus, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God uh, to them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And then Galatians 3.26 says, for they are all children of God by faith in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So the Christian, the biblical stance is, we are born, if, if Adam and Eve hadn't have fallen, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but if they hadn't have fallen, yes, we would be children of God, I think, by birth. But because of the fall, uh, we, that's why Jesus said you must be born again, mm-hmm. and, and that comes by faith, and in that you are adopted into his family versus yeah. before Christians see human beings as creatures or creations and not children. So that's, a, that's a kind of a big chasm between us theologically. Yes, well, um, the f- I'll, I'll, I'll just say two things. The first, going back to Adam being created, right? Like uh, the, the breath of God out of the yeah. clay. I do, I do agree with that. The way I view it in, in my estimation is I believe that the, the soul is the spirit and the body together. Okay. So the, the spirit was there in heaven before. Um, the body was created on earth. That spirit was put into the body, and then that soul was created. Okay. So... I, I feel that harmonizes. Um, my other thing is, I believe you can use God to also describe the Son as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, parts of, even even in the Book of Mormon, when it you know talks about you know being a son of God, you know through it through that covenant through that spiritual change, I believe that's talking about Christ. Okay. Um, but when I say you're a son of God, speaking to everyone. So when I'm teaching priesthood and I say we are the sons of God, I'm speaking in that covenant sense. I see. When I'm speaking to general people, I say you're a son of God because we have that same creator. I do believe he wants you to follow Jesus and get on that path to become, you know, uh, spiritually adopted or mm-hmm. born again. Mm-hmm. But it's, I, I think it's a good lens to view the world in because perhaps what will bring people together more mm-hmm. is maybe looking at each other as more than just, oh, we just share this planet, but mm-hmm. there's something deeper. And I think that's why we do emphasize that we're all children of the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we want everyone to have that same destination, but I do think it brings people together. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can look at the Muslim guy and not go, ah, oh, I'm just a Muslim, but yeah. wait, you're a human being too. There's a connection. So. And I agree with you simply because uh, when we used to do live TV, I was criticized highly when I would answer the phone of callers and I would say, hey, brother, and they'd be LDS people. And mm-hmm. the Christians would write in and say, don't call them brother. And there's a brotherhood of, of humanity for sure. Mm-hmm. That's even talked about in scripture. So I think that there's too much division with this brother, not brother. I think so I get. So you yeah. nuance it a little bit more than I thought. You bring in the sonship into sonship with Christ. Yes. Yeah. And I think the Book of Mormon lays that out. Okay. Very, very nicely. So. Okay. Um, creation. Creation. <laughs> Creation. Just cancer that in a sentence. <laughs> creation. Um, God made everything spiritually and then physically. So um, we were created spiritually, and then that spirits were put into physicality, those, those bodies. And when I say spirit, not to get too deep in the weeds, but the Doctrine and Covenants does say there is no such thing as immaterial matter. All spirit is matter, but can only be defined by pure eyes. So that's sort of a celestial matter. We can't quite understand it here, but... 
this earthly matter and that spirit matter kind of putting together. And again, that's a deep, deep weed thing. Yes, it um, is. It's weedy. But, you know, just, just for sake of, of commenters, just for sake of people watching, I'm trying to be as authentic as I can. So, um, and the, this world as well, created by God spiritually, then physically, um, I believe he created everything. Um, I don't believe he created anything ex nihilo. I believe there was compact matter that existed in which he organized everything from. Um, I'm not sure your position. I know that one Christian position is very much ex nihilo, but I do hear some Christians sort of waver with that because there, there is a lot from early church fathers that would, and, and a lot of Jews especially, that would, that would go a lot more. There was, there was a compact matter that God organized from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I don't honestly believe, believe that's a salvation contingent doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I believe he organized everything out of matter that existed already. Uh, six day, literal? Six long periods of time. Ah, uh, wisely yeah. answered. Yeah, I don't believe it was literally six days. Okay, all right. Okay, and uh, evolution? Evolution. Um, I personally do believe in evolution. Mm-hmm. I believe that... Um, we evolved. I, this is, now, this is just my personal theory, is that we evolved. God, God uses evolution for a lot of things. He let the, that, that original cell develop into a person, and then when it reflected, um, when, when that Adam reflected Michael, or we reflected the God enough, that's when the spirits were put into us, and we I became um, the still souls. So you, even though... That's a Quaku theory. That's yeah, a that's a Quaku theory. All right, all right. And uh, not a hill to die on. Uh, I don't care. Um, ex nihilo, you know, creatio ex nihilo. I, I know the Jews, there's argument there. So my thing is maybe, maybe not. I do believe God did create everything. He, uh, and I do believe he created everything from nothing, which I know doesn't make too much sense to us. In terms of this world, maybe not. Maybe he gathered stuff from somewhere else. Maybe we have dispensational stuff going on and epochs of time. I don't know. Uh, Six-day literal creation, I'm with you. Could be any, not dogmatic on that. Uh, evolution, sure. Why not? Yes, maybe. How? Don't know. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that um, when evangelicals uh, make these mountains out of molehills, like you say, it's not a salvific uh, mm-hmm. thing. I think we have done so much damage to other thinking people in this world to shut them down on their thoughts about, well, why did he do it in six 24-hour periods, you know? So I think, I think that's a healthy response, and I, and I agree with you. And so okay. thank you. Uh, the Garden, the Fall, Original Sin. Boy, oh boy. Yes, so um, the Garden, I believe... In the literal Garden of Eden, I believe it was there. Um, I believe that Adam and Eve had a... They were put in the garden. I don't believe they were set up to fail, but I believe what Eve did was a necessary step, and I believe it was a really important step. A lot of times, the religious world views the tree as the tree of evil and not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there are a lot of commandments God gives us populate the world, right? That's a good thing. Having children is a, that is a good thing. You need the knowledge of good to do good things. You need the knowledge of evil to recognize evil, to be able to discern and actually really exist. So God, we believe that, and I especially believe, 
this God said, do not partake, but that was more of do not partake until you are ready. Um, but it also may be, I have that's a bit a of a major, nuance. That's a major line to add. Yeah, to that. <laughs> that's, that's a nuance. Do not partake until you're ready. The other view, view I have is don't partake because God can't tell you to do something that's going to create sin. He can't say, go do that because he knows sin is going to come. But if you disobey, that's sinning, but you don't recognize that's a sin until you have that knowledge. Hmm. So her disobeying, remember, she doesn't have that knowledge of good and evil yet. Hmm. She's, I'm assuming, kind of mindless. I mean, a snake is able to convince her, and I believe that's a metaphor. I believe he was yeah. a person. So she partakes of the fruit, and then I don't, my personal belief, again, this is Quaku theory, just so you, if you're like an LDS middle schooler watching this, Quaku, this is my theory. Um, I don't believe there's anything magical about that apple. Mm. I believe when Satan said, um, when God said, if you eat that, you shall surely die, and Satan said, you should not surely die, you'll be with the gods knowing good and evil, when she bit that and she didn't die, at least immediately, it was more of like a switch. It was a recognition. I just believe that fruit was a way for her to recognize that something was off. Mm. And then things sort of turned and she realized, wait a minute, I am going to die. Mm. And, but actually will be as the gods because I now know good and evil mm. and they know good and evil. Mm. Um, so God was telling the truth. Satan was telling a half truth. Mm. Eve did eventually die. Um, so I do believe that fall was important for humans to exist, for necessity of Jesus Christ. So one, his, his glory and his power and his intelligence could actually be known to us and really manifest to us. I do not believe, though, we inherit that sin. Um, we, we, will, I don't, we do inherit the sin because we grow up in the world and we'll, we're act, we act and are acted upon, so we become sinful. But when you're born... I don't believe that baby is sinful. Mm. That baby doesn't have a knowledge of good and evil yet. Mm -hmm. The sin only started when the knowledge of good and evil was became a thing, to use like Twitter language, right? Mm. So, no, when babies die, they're not going to hell unless they're baptized. Really, I mean, you, you, you put water on a baby and now he's worthy of heaven and not, I mean, a bit silly if you ask me. So, I, I don't believe in original sin. I mm. do reject that. Mm. I, do, I reject the, the way it's most commonly defined, at least. I see. Sorry, that was a lot. No, no, it wasn't a lot. It's good. Take your time. Um, from the biblical perspective that I take, I have trouble with a God, with a God giving a rule with a wink. I have, I have trouble with an omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God saying, don't eat of that tree. I know you're gonna. I have to say it. I have trouble with game playing with there. So the way I've uh, understood it, uh, Kwaku, is God meant it. And what, what, what he meant was, in the day that you eat of that, you will surely, is what it says, in the day you'll surely die, that they died spiritually. That they're made as tripartite beings, like God is, is a tripartite being. There's a Father, there's a Son, there's a Holy Spirit. Well, human beings started off that way as well. And um, he said, don't eat of that tree because you'll die. And, but Adam didn't die physically for 930 years. So they didn't surely die, so either God was a liar, or he messed something up, or they did die, but it was just they died spiritually. And, and so uh, I take that in terms of the fall. I also think that Eve, um, it was her own sin within her, her sinful nature. It wasn't sin because she didn't have knowledge, but it was a sinful nature. And she, could, she was told, don't eat of the tree. Uh, she knew she shouldn't. 
but she didn't trust God. She trusted Satan and she listened to him over God. So she ate of it of her own volition. She couldn't have been tempted. She hasn't fallen yet. So of her own sinful nature that God must have put in us, a nature that is willing to be disobedient to him. It's not that she uh, was sinful or transgressed. He gave us that nature to partake of uh, or go against him or believe. The final thing, and I, and I mean this with just real respect, but it's the question I don't get with the fall with relative to the LDS uh, theology is, Satan, according to the temple, and we can talk about it because it's not the signs or tokens or covenants, but Satan says to God, God says, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing what was done in other worlds. Okay? Mm -hmm. He openly admits it. So if he knows that what's been done in other worlds, if he knows that's going to be in hand in hand to help God, to help God by having her disobey so that she can gain the knowledge so that they can procreate, why would Satan tempt her to take the fruit when in reality he should be doing everything he can? Don't look at that tree. Come over here. You know, don't participate in anything to do with that tree. But he instead tempts her to do the very thing that God sort of wink, wink wants. Do you have an idea on that one? Boy, that's a... <laughs> okay, let me, let me be careful. Um, so, real quick, I think that I do agree that it was a... a, a I agree somewhat that it was a spiritual death because they were then separated from the presence of God. Yeah. However, um, they didn't have that knowledge of really their spirit right. um, because, they, again, they don't have that knowledge yet. So if God, God putting that sinful nature in them and it wasn't the sin, but it was a sinful nature. But at since, creation. At creation. Yeah. But since God knew that they would partake, to me, it, it just seems about... It's, I, I, I almost believe we're saying different things, but perhaps the atheist mm -hmm. watching is... They're going... Technically, they're saying the same things mm -hmm. in a roundabout way because God knows it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Still says yes. Mm -hmm. You can argue that's a wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. You can argue that's a wink. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think, I, I think the Adam and Eve debate is fascinating. It is. I could talk about it forever. Yeah. I think I, I'm more excited by it, but just so we don't trail off... Um, uh, I've read some some um, apocryphal writings in which Satan talks about other worlds and, and, and things like that. I mean, you, you can't find a bunch for it, but you can find a little bit outside of our canon. Um, uh, you know, uh, I think that, again, everything Satan does is, one, a mockery of God and to bring glory to himself. Okay. So, in, in an other world, if, if, if that happened, those people partook... Of, or did something to recognize that there was they mm -hmm. needed knowledge. Mm -hmm. Satan, Satan getting involved in doing that, we know is only to bring glory to him, to himself. I see. Everything else should bring glory to. Oh, I, God put me here. He he can't make me responsible. He can't be responsible for this this evil. He can't say, "Oh, go do this thing that's going to bring evil," but he knows it has to happen. Mm. Let's us with our agency choose it. We now have a knowledge of one what we just did hmm. and what's going to happen. God gave us. We're, I'm so thankful that God let us have that knowledge that He let us understand. But Satan can't be the author of that because hmm. again, that's glory going back to Him. That's that would be my reply. Okay. Do you know? Uh, are you familiar with what the Christian view would be if they had never eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? 
we would all exist without sin. Is that is at least that's what I've heard a couple. Yeah, of times. they would. They well, one before he they ate of the tree. Adam's name in the animals and mm-hmm. and and everything. So he had knowledge. He he had an ability to do things. He wasn't just like a caveman. I don't think. I don't think. So he had intelligence. And the Christian view is that they would have remained in that Edenic state, raised children who would have had direct relationship with God the Father that we just talked about. And it would have been, uh, it's God, yes, he knows what they would have done, but he does lay out the, poss- the opportunity to have a good thing first. Yeah. So that's the Christian response. Finally, on my end, on I am different than most Christians, as I, like you, reject original sin completely. And, uh, the, and I think the fall of original sin as a doctrine comes in the conception of Jesus. Because if Mary was not like a Catholic, say, and conceived immaculately, mm-hmm. if Mary was a human like you and I, even if she was a great person, mm-hmm. if she was the inheritor of original sin, then Jesus would have been a byproduct of that. That does not make any sense to me. But I do believe Jesus did inherit the sin nature that came through Mary, that came through Eve and Adam, and that, that's why he was able to be tempted in all things. Mm-hmm. So that makes much more sense to me than the dogma, the tradition that the evangelicals push out of this original sin curse. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I somewhat agree with what you said, and that's why I, I said I don't agree with the way original sin is usually defined. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think what you said was too radical. Um, again, yeah, G- uh, Jesus was tempted. He, was right. a, he, was a, he had the human flesh, so there is an element of that sinful nature which, which comes with the human flesh. Um, but I don't think, I think you would probably agree, Jesus is not defined by that sinful nature. No. Well, and he is, no. you know, yeah. So, so but um, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting what you said about how um, they would be living yeah. in an Edenic state. I guess um, the, the Latter-day Saints response would, I guess the question I would have is then, Adam is naming animals, but naming that animal isn't really a good or bad thing. It's just sort of, it, it's knowledge. But creating a society of people, fulfilling that commandment is good. So I don't necessarily know if he could have done those things, raising a family, doing those things which require that knowledge of good. Right. So I think there's, there's like a, a knowledge that is a moderate knowledge, not necessarily evil or good. But some of these bigger commandments, I think you need that knowledge of good. So I don't see how it could happen without that fall. The Christian response would be, uh, the biblical response would be that they would ask God, you've told us to multiply and replenish the earth. We don't know what that means. We're coming to you for answers. Oh, this is what you do, you know? And oh, okay, that's what we do. And we do it. And they learn from God. And and the reason that it's more uh, uh, viable to me in my mind is because that state that, that biblical Christians describe as existing if there had never been a fall is the very state they say will happen in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the very same state we're all hoping to get to later. So I don't know why it couldn't have been here with creations. Uh, oh, I know God knew it wouldn't be here, but at least that opportunity, whatever that means. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it would, it would, they were just living in a heaven. Yeah, and, they would and, be living and in God heaven. would just give them that knowledge. He would good. teach them how to be human children and anything they needed, but they decided to take the shortcut. We want mm-hmm. the knowledge of good and evil because, and we're going to take the shortcut. Does, does the knowledge of evil come naturally with the knowledge of good? I would think it's, uh, and we'll get to this, I would think it's similar to the knowledge of light uh, comes the knowledge of darkness. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's a reciprocal there. So I think 
then what's sort of beautiful about the, fr- the f- forbidden fruit is that if God gave them that knowledge of good, he's also sort of given that knowledge of evil as well. With giving them light comes that recognition of darkness. Yeah. So with, with Satan intervening, God, God one, used Satan in a, in a strange way. Satan's, you know, he's got his plan, his agency. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, do what you want to do. He, God is not actually responsible. Yes, Satan is, is tempting Eve. Right. She gets that knowledge of good and evil. But yeah. then God is not giving them that. Yeah. Not, not directly. He's not responsible so, for it. Yeah, it's a, it it's really a, it's is a, a mind deep, game. It's a mind game. It is. Yeah, it's but a fun I, one. But I love it. Okay, I don't know if you're aware, but at least this is what I was taught when I was LDS and taught that um, the gospel, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ even, has been known from Adam through all the prophets. Yes. Do you have any con? I mean, that's just a yes? I believe that, okay. yes. Um, I just want to read three passages and then you can respond. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 3.9, Paul says, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.26 says, Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. And then in Romans 16.25, Now to him that is the power of to establish according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret from the beginning of the world, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Any thought on, mm-hmm. which is why I don't believe that tenant, okay. but I respect your right to it. But do you have any sort of responses to? Yes. Yeah. Um, so a little while ago, I did a video about the temple. Okay. Just, just temple's a good place. Some people say we're connected to Freemasons. I did some apologetics um, because the word occult came up a lot in comments. Temple is occult-like. Freemason, Illuminati. It goes down the barrel really fast into conspiracy theory. But I, I focused on that word occult, and I looked it up, defined as hidden mystery. The more colloquial definition is more like supernatural and stuff, but getting the original definition of hidden mystery. And I was like, well, there are a lot of things that are hidden that people still know. In fact, it can't be a secret unless people know it. So we believe that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, Adam knew about it. We believe Adam knew about it, but it was not as large. It was not as, 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 uh, as taught hugely as it was until Christ came to all the saints. But we do believe those prophets knew about it. Hidden from the world, definitely hidden. Secret, yes, um, but still there. Got it. And that's, you know, that interpretation is as good as any. I mean, I, you know, I have to accept it because that's possible. <laughs> yeah. That's possible. So it's a good answer. Uh, flood. flood, flood and ark. Okay, so um, a lot of my friends, I'm not sure my friend Spencer here thinks, but a lot of my friends um, who are, think that it was a the flood within a small not actually the world geographical yeah they think it was a you know just a smaller location but seemed like the world to those people i know people who think it was the entire world i'm sorry to disappoint i have no opinion no <laughs> on, opinion i i have no i have not made up not my gonna mind bite on that. on that one you know if it's the world okay if it's a small location okay so if it's, I, I just got to play it because I don't go with the worldwide. I'm very okay. much a geographical basin where humanity had spread out to the furthest possible place by that time, which was not that far. Mm-hmm. All the animals of that area were gathered. 
I have a really hard time with, uh, it's not that I don't believe God can do it. See, I believe God can make a donkey talk. But I just have trouble with every animal uh, on the face, in the ark. I just have trouble with the food and the poop and yeah. the animals. I've had a pastor in this valley say he shrunk them down to this big to fit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember a Christian, my, my, my friend was a little kid. She had a Christian mother who told us that she thinks dinosaurs were the sizes of chickens so they could fit in the ark. Yeah. And God shrunk them all to chickens. And I was like, where's that in the Bible? <laughs> Chicken dinosaur? Like, yeah. So, uh. Uh, yeah, I chickasaurs. All the all to every animal except fish. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, I don't let them. You know, that's you know. I so again, if you, I don't, I don't have. If you think it's limited geography, I'm cool with that. If you think it's world, I'm cool with okay. that. Uh, one thing I got to go back to because this hit my mind when you were talking. One major difference between what you were saying now, everything was created spiritually and then physically, is that Paul says in First Corinthians 15 that all th- that things are made uh, physically first and then spiritually. He actually says that in First Corinthians 15, like 34. So it, count, it goes exactly opposite of the stance. Now, I'm just telling you that's what he says. Could we, could we read it? Could I, could I borrow sure. this? Sure. Let's, let's look it up. My phone's down there. The scripture, so. Keep. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is a Lord from heaven. And I guess I would interpret that as the last Adam of, is being referred to as Jesus Christ, yeah. right? So um, that physical, natural man made, um, because Adam was not the spirit giver in the way right. Christ was. So that's how it's physical first with Adam. Spiritual afterward, because Christ came as that second Adam. I think he's laying off of that, but not declaring about the, the nature of souls before. Life. Got it. It's a reasonable answer. That's con- that's context. Yeah, he's talking about the resurrection. So, and he does say first Adam and last. So, first was physical. Second, I get that. Just had to ask it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Okay, uh, prophets. prophets. Since we're in the Old Testament, still the eldest faith is huge, of course, on living prophets. Mm-hmm. And when I was a missionary, it's you know God loved the children of Israel and he had prophets and. And then we read from that God will never do anything, but he reveals his will to the servants, the prophets. And doesn't God love us as much today? Uh, by, wouldn't he love us too and give us prophets? Thoughts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in prophets. I believe the, uh, the prophets of the Old Testament were chosen by God. I believe prophets today are, are as well. Um, important to know, though, sometimes there's a, there's a, there's a miscommunication because our language is different. Um, so Joseph Smith's priesthood office was apostle. So we call them the prophets and apostles, but their priesthood office is apostle. The prophet's priest, if I'm, if I'm right, the prophet's priesthood office is only apostle. So um, the Old Testament prophets, yes, they were the leaders, but after Christ came and established his church and the new covenant was given, they are, they are referred to as prophets but their priesthood office is still just apostle, um, whereas the prophets beforehand, their, pri- their priesthood office was prophet, right? So um, it's not that they're directly in that same, they, they have that same authority, and again, that's that same office in a sense as the Old Testament prophets, but it's almost like there's a new company merger, right? And Got so it. it's, the, yeah, it, it's, it's, this, it's similar, but shouldn't be taken the exact similar way because that's not what the priesthood office is, yeah. Okay, so I, one, I did not know uh, that the priesthood office of Joseph Smith was apostle first. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. Yes. So that's interesting to me. 
Um, in my in response to that, I just had to go. I go to what the Bible says, and it's Jesus said for all the prophets and the law uh, prophesied until John. And then I'm sure you're familiar with Hebrews 11:1, 1, which says God, who in different times and in different places um, spoke in time past through the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, uh, in, with, and through his son, I contend that the world has no need for intermediaries anymore whatsoever, especially if you believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Because if you have direct Holy Spirit, God living in you, what could a prophet possibly tell you that you have on your own volition of being a Christian um, that you wouldn't know by the Spirit? So, um, the Old Testament, you know, the prophets spoke the word of God, they foretold future events, uh, they warned, and they healed and did miracles, and to me, that's what Jesus did in every way, and now by the Spirit, we have him as the the fulfillment of all that living with us. Any thought, comment? Oh, yes, uh, uh, I'll try to keep it short. I think that... um so those two verses, um, God in sundry times spoke to us, my prophets in his last days, you know. Well, I don't think that, that negates future prophets. I think he's speaking, if God was speaking to us before through prophets, and right now, speaking oh, through see. me, I'm, I'm speaking, but I don't think that's a declaration of, and no prophets after it. I see. Um, um, what about so, the last days line? Just curious. Last As in days. these last days... Spoken to us by his son. I, I need to go and look in okay. the Greek. Um, my, my spitball answer is that it could mean these last days, is like the, these, these last days we've been experiencing, or the, <laughs> the, the in the Bible they thought Jesus would be coming very shortly after uh, his death, and these are the last days according to them, and mm. you know that that's one answer. Um, you know, I, I you can switch between the two. Can you sorry? Can you read even the, the the verse that you read right before that one? Oh, uh, um, that was right Jesus when he's talking about John. It's Matthew eleven thirteen. Yes. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, yes. meaning he's the last prophet before the Messiah. And again, I would I would just interpret that as until John, because now Christ is Christ is leading. But it's not saying post Christ there won't be prophets. Uh, yeah, it's either. not saying that. And in, and in Revelation, it talks about two prophets being slain in Jerusalem. Right. Um, and you know, John foresees a lot of interesting stuff going on. So um, I, I think it's totally workable that there would be prophets. And and uh, I, I think one way is because the Holy Spirit. When I say the Holy Spirit dwells in us, I mean I believe that's poetic. Okay. So I believe that the Holy Spirit, being a personage of spirit. Um, connects with our spirit and those two spirits together then give us that information that that spiritual prompting whatever you would like to say um i don't necessarily believe the holy spirit is literally like in our hearts um i believe in our hearts is poetic you know mike your 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 mother is always with you mm-hmm. not literally but it's it's poetic um and i also believe that if if we didn't need any more prophets and yeah, we had the Holy Spirit in us, and all the true Christians had that Holy Spirit. Well, perhaps there would not be as much division as there is in the Christian body. And I really don't mean that as a jab, but by gosh, I see a ton. Well, the true Christians then cannot, uh, you have to say, the caveat there is true Christians. 
Yes. I mean, we have a billion Christians. We have a How lot many of, of Christians. Them are true. And that, that's the debate, right? So, you know, um, uh, uh, someone I've spoken to, James White, believes he's a true Christian. You believe you're a true Christian. You guys disagree on a lot of things. Both would probably say you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. So, as someone who does not have a dog in the evangelical fight, right? right. I'm. Most of you guys don't even consider us Christian. I'm over here right. just looking. Um, you're all saying you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You don't need prophets anymore, but I'm seeing this. So I'm just going, If maybe if they had prophets, that wouldn't be an issue because you're in the same way we feel the Spirit. We trust, you know, let's trust our heart, feel the Spirit. I, I think it's the exact same thing. Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, no need for a prophet. The other thing is prophets also give are there to give specific counsel for that time period. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, we say Latter-day Saint, don't say Mormon, don't drink coffee. There's a lot of these things that are very um, policies, right? Don't, don't eat shellfish, don't mix fabrics, uh, kill your neighbor who's working on the Sabbath, you know, these policies mm-hmm. that prophets didn't have that authority to give. And, and when you have those policies, again, you're kind of uniting, the, you're definitely uniting the church body and... Um, you're keeping them on that obedient path. So um, I, I think there's a necessity for, prophet, for prophets. I don't think the Bible disregards it, but I can see that interpretation. My only retort is that because James White and myself uh, don't agree, um, it's not me who doesn't accept James White. It's James White who doesn't accept me. I accept James White. I accept you. I, I am a Christian and I accept all people in love and trust that they are gods by faith and let him work it out. James is a lawgiver. And so what happens is we have these strife and divisions with Paul and Corinthians said, you guys are babes. You guys can't even get along. You're nitpicking at each other over everything. And if that's what you are, then we're talking about babes in Christ versus meat eaters in Christ. People who are willing to live and let live and let love reign versus people who want to dissect everything and tear the church apart, which has been going on since the Protestant Reformation. So I agree with you. But I would say that I think there is a body of Christians on this earth, uh, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, maybe Hindu, certainly in the Baptist, Methodist, that are part of that true Christian stance. I just don't think we see it. So that's, that's my take on it. Seth, I know we're running out of time, but I got to cover these last two really quickly. This is huge. This is too big. We're going to move temple worship. We'll just end the, end the last one. And that's, um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off next time with this because these two can be incorporated in the next time. We're out of time uh, with our brother. Again, fascinating insights. Uh, and before we wrap up tonight, you have a number of beliefs that are different than mine. And I have beliefs that are different than yours. And James White differs from both of us. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a Latter-day Saint who's watching this who does not agree with you. Yes. Right. Yes. They'll let me know. <laughs> They'll let you know. And the people let me know too. But uh, to wrap up just right now, isn't it the love? Isn't it the love? Is it the doctrine in your mind that matters? Or is it the love? I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it's, it's got to be the love first. And... The reason I say that is because if, if, if a guy dies, if a Hindu guy dies and a Latter-day Saint guy die and they both go to heaven, the Hindu guy was living his life. He, he followed the Bhagavad Gita well. He was a good person, raised a good family, showed love to his fellow man. The Latter-day Saint guy knew the doctrine, was a jerk. 
um, was a was a womanizer, was selfish. Even though the Latter Day Saint guy had Jesus and had the gospel, and the Hindu guy didn't, God would then say, "But at least you lived according to what you knew, and you loved people, and you didn't." I think that you've got to show the love first, and if you make it all about theology first, one, you're not going to people aren't going to feel welcome. They're not going to want to. You're not creating a conducive spirit space that can testify to people. And two, it divides. Yeah. Divides so much to the point where you people don't want to be friends and you don't want to work together. I heard a story, I won't say his name, but I know of a, a pastor who told me I will never work with uh, your church to help fight sex trafficking because mm. you, I believe you're heretics mm. and you won't unite. Won't even unite as people mm. for a common cause that we need very strongly, right? Mm. So I think you, have, you need to have the love first. I think God is not petty and I don't think God is insecure. And if you're showing that love first, he appreciates that. Mm. And perhaps showing that love to someone who is different than you, maybe not, not, not bashing them, not being a jerk, maybe that's what it would take to bring them into your fold. Maybe, huh? Yeah. Really appreciate that. Agree with that one, my Thank friend. You. And we'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.